0: Welcome to Newport Rugby's Quiet
1: Hour Podcast. Now, here's your host, Andrew Kelly. G'day and welcome to Newport Rugby's Quiet Hour and today's match features Andrew Bean. How are you Andy? Good. Very Thank you good. for joining. You. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. Give us a sense of where you fit in the history of Newport Rugby. When did you first play? How long did you play for? We started off it was 1979
0: springtime and we heard they had a game. The Aquidneck rugby team had a game up at uh, Fribity Park. There was a British ship that came in a naval ship and they were playing a team on there. So me and Jimmy Shiki, well this rugby thing my brother's playing let's go up there and watch this. We go is that like the Stuff on by world of sports. You saw that uh rugby league. Like, oh, let's go see. So we went up there, and you know, we were football players, watched the game, it was very intense, loved it. Like, this is the coolest thing. And they go, Wow, they're shaking hands after the game. Because you know, American sports, you're like, ah you know, you're the enemies. Like, we uh, saw that, and we said it was cool, and everyone's going, You want to come down to the uh, Brian Brew and have a drink up? And we're like, huh? And I was 17 years old. And I'm like, sure, sign me up. So we went, we went down there and we're at the drink up drink, and we're like, This is a Greatest thing ever. And the British guys started singing. And I've never seen anything like it before. And we just were like amazed. I remember both both sitting there. we got to play this game. This is awesome. And they're up there talking with us. And I go, God, you guys were just killing each other a little while ago. And now you're singing and everything. And both of us said, we're playing. And we immediately joined the team. So you were there from the start if you
1: were there at 79 because yeah I was around becomes Newport right
0: they had a they had a couple matches or a match or two before then that we didn't see and that was yeah so I was there virtually right at the start
1: and so 79 through till when the boots yeah the boots came
0: off I believe 96 97 I I'm, I'm I think it was 96 I'm not sure and uh, the body was just beat up it just took a took its toll well 20 years yeah takes its toll <laughs> what you know what happens to at the time I just was I was captain and you were taking over as captain and uh just to keep up with the young boys you were just training all year long to keep up with them and the nagging little injuries knee heels mine were my heels they were just really it took 20 minutes to get warmed up just so I could go on the field and run so
1: it got kind of miserable and the bumps and bruises stay with you until Thursday Um, and
0: Friday and then you're back into it again yeah correct that happened constantly so that was uh that's when I knew it's time to go and you lost um you lost your desire to play basically so i'll get into like that last season and um every game i was you know i made it to every game and we had a great season and it was just like pulling teeth i was like going i don't even feel like playing on a saturday but i'd go and play once i got my boots on and started running i loved it love you know the drink ups everything and that year we hit of course went to our the finals against burlington bus up you were there absolutely and it was an awesome awesome game and if you remember we had the first half they were up by a try and just before the first half. Remember, we used to have the call that we were going to shove and Burlington put in that eight man, the, yes, the Kiwi guy. That he, they put him in there and they used to steamroll everyone. So they put him, they tried it a few times with us that game, but they weren't budging us. So I remember they put him uh, put him in and we had the ball at five meter and we gave the signal that we we're going to push him and won the hook. We pushed him and had a push and try and we took the lead in that game. And then the second half, they scored pretty quick. Game was back and forth and we came back, but they were ahead. They made the kick or something. And we were down by, I believe, a point or so. And right at the end of the game, time expired. of course, Jimmy Cranston dodging there, you were there, and I was on the outside, the other side of them. They only had two defenders, and we were going to score. And it's just the guy, defender, hit cranny and knocked the ball on, Boop, came over. And I just remember that game, how going up to a championship game, and I didn't want to play. But once I got there, started playing. I freaking loved it and everything. And it was sad because I knew that was gonna be I thought that was gonna be my last game because I just had that was enough. And it was just that of one more one more little pass and we would have you know uh, won the championship. And if I remember right, Burlington went to the final four that year. Yeah they did in the United States. So yeah that's how close we were we had a we had a really good team at that time. So that was close to the end
1: of my career. I'll, right, and, yeah. and I mean what a way to go out too. The, yeah, the, the, yeah but was it a sense of somewhat relief maybe that you were leaving the game in good hands at that time even though you wanted to be part of it absolutely absolutely there's yeah it was my body said time to go everything said time to go that was it positions back row like flanker correct, correct. into hooker yes. sometimes yes and so obviously 20 years of that like correct no correct. no offense or maybe offense to backs but at least 20 years playing in the backs and there's 20 years playing in the forwards oh, sure, sure, it's sure. hard labor oh there's no doubt in, about it in the forwards and actually I started off when it was a
0: quidnick they put me at prop oh, because wow. no one else was, everyone was like, going Oh, I'm this, and I'm everyone wanted to be a flanker, everyone wanted to be this, and they're just like, and they put Jimmy Sheiki, it goes, You could be a hooker and you're a prop. So I played the first year to a couple of years of my career at prop until we got other people, and then I moved to the back row, played there for about uh, four or five, four years or so, and I would go into the front row and help out here and there.
1: What an apprenticeship, though. I think if you can yeah, pull that off, if-
0: yeah, and what it did, you learned so much, you know, instead of i have learned what it was like to be a prop, and then learn you know, everything in the front row. And then I was kind of like a utility player a lot, mm-hmm. as you were, that sometimes I filled in. I filled in at scrum half. I filled in at fly half. I filled in at center. You know, you played all these
1: positions. and Which was critical here, where whether injuries or numbers. Correct. Of numbers were always you just huge needed a body sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers was always a huge thing for this yeah. club. And so. you mentioned a couple of times your good mate, Jimmy Shiki. Tell oh, yeah. me a little bit about him. <laughs> On and off the field. Uh, he, you know he was a character.
0: Yeah. He was the biggest character at all. And he was a tough, tough player. He he played. He didn't last a long time. Probably about five years. He played steady. And then it was like pulling teeth to get him to play there. But uh, he was something else. Uh, one of the hardest players ever. This one game, uh, Bath was over here. Wow. Bath, the big English team. Mm-hmm. And they were at this international tournament in Boston. And they were visiting Newport. And they said, can you host us for a match? I remember playing them. And we had... Uh, uh ned corcoran who was a phenomenal player i don't know if you ever heard of him but he yeah. he he actually made it to the uh the eagles sevens team that's how good of a player he was but chic we go in there and i was playing prop at the time and they had the the hooker was had all these caps for england and he came in there and he just went butted chic in the face you know bloodied his nose and chic just went he goes yeah and he goes to me he goes It's worm time. And he went in there and we put our heads together. And he went right after that. He went clunk. And that guy went, oh. And he just like he had no teeth, and he just like it's on right. And he did something to Sheik, and Sheik let go and punched him in the face. And it was one of those games we just went, oh my gosh. And I, we had a good squad, but we, we really shouldn't have been on the field. With they were a very good team, but we scored. They they uh, they had wings that were just so <laughs> fast and everything. But cheap shot at Ned and broke his jaw. Guy came around there, and was, he was a their big number eight. And that was me and Sheik again. We we're going, we're going to get that. And we just chased him everywhere around the field, stomped them did everything and we actually lost sight of the game playing rugby we were just trying to damage them as much as possible and i, I swear we did our
1: damage but we were getting damage done to yeah. ourselves also well in the newport and i think that's a a, a tripe that never disappeared that yeah you always felt like you played a game against newport whether you sure. won, lost or drew. yeah because we uh at that time we played a lot of
0: international teams skill wise we're outskilled, but they knew they played us all the time they were just because we just tackle like fiends mm. you know tackle 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 but getting back to jimmy sheiky he went a uh, funny story we're in ireland 84 the bus we were always chanting, pub stop pub stop pub stop and the, the driver would go oh you guys i'm not stopping again so we pulled over to a pub we're in there having drinks and everything and there's a few locals in there oh boys how you doing and all of a sudden and there's sheik has a bun on talking with this other guy and someone comes walking up he goes what are they saying and i go i don't know but i just figured she ease must be a form of gaelic because <laughs> those two understand each other and no one can understand he's doing a little They're laughing and everything. And from there on that term, a form of Like right. That's where it stuck from. It was a little pub out of nowhere in the middle of the con- middle of the countryside. Oh, yeah. God bless you. If you can understand a word. Yeah. 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 So th- yeah. He, and you know him, we had times where I think we were going to Portland. He was supposed to play and he got, he had a big bun on and he didn't show up down the uh, the hall oh. where the bus went there. And we just went drive to his house and he's living off the roadway. And we actually went in there like four, Five or six of us went into his house, broke into the door. He's sitting there not going. And then we actually dragged him out of bed, took a bag, we stuffed clothes in it and everything. We dragged him in the bus and he's so mad, gave up fighting. He was so freaking mad and hung over and got quiet. up there. People we gave him a beer beforehand <laughs> and he played, he played actually well. And he goes, Thank you for getting me. And that happened a few times. We had to drag him out of his house. <laughs> so we just went and we got him and he wouldn't but, be the first you put right there. Yeah, but um, something like that where we'd travel to Portland, we rented a bus and we had 14 players or something. And, you know, probably like five people that weren't players that just came along for the ride. So we struggled with that. But that's why we had to do things like that. You know, and Sheik is people. worth at least two people if, you're, four, yes, if you're down to those numbers. And he, yeah, he had, comes down. He was awesome. He was a good player. And you captain for how long-ish, do you think? Oh, uh, back and forth so my first captaincy was in 84 when our tour to Ireland I was 23 years old I was captain of the team
1: and one of the youngest maybe
0: yes yes and funny story so we went to Ireland and you know back then it was just all prim and proper you know every went to Longford I didn't know what to do got there and then afterwards there we have the little banquet and everything and they want you to do speeches and everything I'm like what is all this stiff and their president's up there oh you know blah 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 and like I don't want to do this stuff and I'd get up there and I go, yeah, good game. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, great being over here, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had to do this. And next thing you know, because I was a captain, I was like the leader of the tour. And I'm like, going, I'm like the youngest kid person here. Why am I doing this? We went to Turner College for a game, and I had to negotiate for these guys. I talked to those. Turner College because they're a big time team and we're just like we have we had a lot of players we had 30 something players and we wanted to give people we wanted to compete the Longford game and the banding game we knew we couldn't compete in that game So I went and talked to them. I go, "We're just going to play a lot of our subs," and and they just plainly said, "We're playing the win. That's it. You can do whatever you want." So we went out there. B side got hammered. It was like forty nothing at halftime, and they were just like not putting off, you know, putting the foot off the pedals. And we said, and by the way, the Irish national team was doing their tryouts at Turner College. So all the selectors, the Irish president of the union, all those people were at the game. Played to impress. So some of those players wanted to, you know, (laughs) impress. So we ended up. We actually had a very good team going over there. And we put everyone in and they scored maybe once or twice, and that was it. We held them to like two scores, and we uh, got, a, I think, a penalty kick at one point. So we made, you know, it was kind of fun that we came back like that. But the dinner, you know, everyone's in their number ones, and I had to sit at this front table, and there was a <laughs> lot of people there because all of the Irish, the, all the uh, players vying for the national team were all there. So they had, it was a big banquet hall, all these long tables, and I was up there with all the pomp and circumstances with the coach of Ireland and then the president all getting up and talking and stuff. And then it was me, and I just got up. I'm like looking at everyone. I go, gosh, what am I doing here? And I just, I, I, I forgot what I said. But at one point, I was picking on their food, basically saying the food sucks here, and (laughs) so and so and. Beer is good, but food sucks. A little honesty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And- Basically, something like that. So, what
1: an experience,
0: though. It was unbelievable. Um, quite the experience. And let me get to the games, uh, We played Longford first. Very, very tight match. We lost right at the very end. Really good game. Very funny stories of drink up and everything. And then we played Turner College and heard the uh, outcome of that. But our third game, Bandon, in which we stayed there for three days. And they billeted us, you know, half the team that we stayed And <laughs> There's a lot of funny stories to that, too, because uh, I met with their captain, and his name was Franco Driscoll. He goes, Oh, you're, I'm going to billet you, you and someone else. And I had Tim Burns. I go, Oh, Tim Burns, will do And he goes, Cool, cool. I'll billet you. And he brings us over. And next thing I go, All right, where are we going? And he goes, Oh, sorry, guys. I didn't have room in my partner. You're staying with my parents. We <laughs> <He> went, What? <laughs> That's awesome. And so we had to stay with his parents, and they were very wonderful people. But Mrs. O'Driscoll, every morning, wouldn't let us leave. She had to have a proper breakfast with tea and everything. And we had to sit down and talk to her for like an hour. She wanted to know everything and this and that. And one time we were, I set practice, you know, just to loosen our legs up. And everyone's whining and complaining. No, we'll get it over with early. Oh, that's stupid and all this stuff. So she made us stay for breakfast. And I was late for practice, and everyone was there. And the second I came to the field, everyone went, running off awful. we're finished from practice you're fined for not showing up practice
1: they're building bridges yeah, yeah relationships
0: yeah and on the other half Mr. O'Driscoll he every night we came in he'd be waiting for us in his chair we'd have to do a shot of poaching, and he would have to talk to him about things we'd have to sit there and he's like oh come on boys and we'd have to do this where Tim Burns is like going, I can't do this anymore with these people Let we get on to the game so very tight game awesome game we ended up winning it first international win from Newport rugby actually you know Not someone touring, but someone, yeah. That was the first time we went over there, and it was awesome. Bandon is a little town. I think it's north of Kinsale, but uh, the whole town came out, so it was just, like, crowds of people, and we are just like, wow, what is, what is this? Anyway, anyway, so they um we had our banquet afterwards. They had a big clubhouse, really nice. We did it. Everything was awesome, did everything up. We're sitting there going, all right, let's go to the bar and whatever. And all of a sudden, they had an operable wall. They opened up the door. There must have been 40 girls there, and they had a disco. <laughs> and we are just, like, going, this is awesome, and we just – we're charging in, dancing, having a heck of a time. And that's night speech for itself. Everyone had a great time. So it all closed at 11 o'clock over there. So mm-hmm. there was one guy that worked at the clubhouse. He goes, oh, stay with us. And he had some friends there. So we just went hidden in a the corner. They closed it down. We stayed there. And we're just like, it was like 12, one. And then it got to one. And there's two o'clock. And we're just like, the guy's like, oh, we got to go. And we're just like, oh, both me, me and Bingo goes, I think Mr. Overschool's asleep yet. And he's like, he's got to be asleep now. And we're just like, oh, so we, oh, we'll we go too. We went home and we're just like, oh, nice. All the old lights are off. We go in there and you hear, boys, where you been? And he's in the dark in his chair waiting for us and we're just like oh no and then had to do the poaching Bing was puking
1: <laughs> you
0: know it was, it was yeah. amazing uh, unfortunately
1: billeting's gone to the wayside unfortunately Correct. That, Correct. That, that was always a wonderful yeah. experience Um, it
0: really was and that happened and because Newport's Newport every touring team wanted to come here
1: and we always billeted them everyone
0: and but that as you said went by the wayside yeah.
1: what do you think either you or the team took away from that tour both on the field and off The field because they're two very, very different things that I'm assuming at the time the club, the touring group weren't exposed to.
0: Um, yeah, it was something different because we actually had not never gone anywhere. I think that was, uh, it was Paul Crowley, God rest his soul. He's the one, uh, just go back a little bit. He's the one uh, like a year or two before we took, must have been 82 or so. Um, Turner College was here for that international tournament. And they came by Newport and uh, Paul Crowley got, uh, I don't know how it happened, but they came to the rich. We had a scrimmage there of those guys. And I actually met guys there. I played hooker against the guy and we played against each other in ireland goes, andy, and we use andy and i like brian how are you because we went to the drink up and everything and i knew a couple of the guys that we played against before to answer that we've never really went on a tour or anything and we didn't expect we didn't know what to expect you know just like what's what's going to happen over there. And it was unbelievable experience of how they treated us uh, with utmost, you know, with the Yanks and utmost respect. And they loved us because at that time there was no tips over there and we didn't know any (laughs) better. we We went to this first place. We got out of, I um, Shannon or something went to this bar and people were like drinking away and they're sitting there, we're just leaving the money. And they're just like going, Oh, sir, what's that? And they goes, Oh, we don't tip. And we're just like, huh? I got to take it anyways. And they go, no, no, no. Boss won't let, Nope. You can't take that stuff. And I go take it. And they take, and then next thing you know, it was a real busy place. We're putting money down. You can see the bartender and the
1: serving lady, they look both ways and they were just like grabbing the money and well deserved. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you you bring up a a good point in terms of the hospitality that, to me, you're judged, especially with touring groups, not just how you play in the field, but how you host. And Newport, I think, has always been first class when it comes to hosting. uh, We by far was because uh, most of the time it would be the um, New England Rugby
0: Union. They would send it. they'd, They'd get the proposal from a team touring and they'd always put Newport. And sometimes we play some high-level games because we we have a first you know big team from either Scotland or whatever, and they're playing coming down to Newport, not playing the first division teams because we hosted them. But we always uh, um, we always played well, yeah. and we because t- we tackled, yeah, no matter what we. Some teams ran up scores on us, but they knew they played us because we were just we from the start to the finish we didn't give up. and tackled
1: everyone and stomped and yeah, did all the good stuff. So talking about not giving up, a family that doesn't give up the bands, Brother Mike, yeah. Chris, and Billy, they were all playing by the time you were playing? No, it was Billy and Chris were playing. Mm-hmm. They started with
0: a quidnick. And I was the third one that came on. Michael came on a few years later. My brother David played like a season, and Peter, for some reason, I can't remember if he did or not. I, I'd be surprised if he didn't, because Peter was played football and he was a mm-hmm. tough little bugger. Um, but I just can't recollect yeah. him seeing him yeah. on the field. But my brother David was out there for one season, gave it a little try, and Michael—he was Michael was tough. He played a season or two, a couple seasons, I think, maybe longer than that. I just—he yeah. was a tough player, and you know, pickle. Yes fought with everyone, <laughs> even his own
1: teammates. But he was yeah. good. And Boo Boo was steady, steady as a rock, though. Absolutely. Prop. And at least when I was playing, there was a, a standard that your dad Pops would always be in the sidelines. Correct. Was he going to your games when you were playing? Um yes, he was. Uh he started years. Yeah, he started not in the real early
0: days, like the uh actually went to Ireland with us. The 84 the tour. Good. 84 tour. Remember? He was he went to uh we had Rick O'Neill, my father and my cousin, Father George Bean came with us on that tour. Yes. So he was involved now. I'm thinking about, yeah. He, so at least 84, maybe 83, my father was up there at all the games. And he was just steady. All the home games. He used to come bring beer times or whatever. And, just, and he used to get Frank Caron. I don't know if you remember Yeah, Frank absolutely. Carlin. And so him and Frank would come up and cheer everyone on.
1: Well, yeah, for your dad, like the fact that you're basically providing almost a third of the, the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that yeah. uh Yeah, yeah. And that's not a lie it's sometimes
0: because uh, our team went through some big valleys, big high points, but a lot of
1: low, low, low points that we barely survived. So. Uh, talking about your brothers playing rugby with them, yeah. you were fortunate to play your last game. Correct. Correct. So so that season ended that we lost to Burlington. 97 rolls into... That, was the, end, in the, that yeah. was the fall. So that
0: spring, Newport, the first game, league game, you were playing the uh, Hartford, I think, Wanderers, or I'm not sure if there was Wanderers then, or...
1: There was the Yankees, maybe? Yeah, it was a
0: Connecticut team. Yeah. So I went up there, they talked me into playing the uh, Old Boys game. I'm like, okay, I'll play. all my brothers are there. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'll play. we we'll played the Connecticut Grays or whatever. Had a fun old time. You know, a couple times I tackled too hard where the guys were tackling so hard. And I go, I don't know. I just, I didn't know. And had a great time. We took that picture of all of us. It could have been my father. I, I don't know who took the picture, but all four of us hanging on to each other. And if you know, if, if I had it here, if you notice, all of a sudden I had a jersey or, you know, the Harlequin jersey So yes. far, I had that on instead of the old boy's because someone named Andrew Kelly was captain and said they were short because it was a big league game. Come on, we need you. we got to play. you got to play. And I'm just like, no, I'm not playing. And you came over with the jersey and I'm like, all right, I'll play. So that picture is taken. I put on that jersey and we took the picture and I went and played that game. Had a great time playing the game, everything. And I was so sore because I played two games Double next week. And I just, I never played again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, you know, how many times people tried to get me to play. And basically it forced me. I didn't even show up to the field for two years for, because every time I even, I remember showing up there and they're like, you have your boots and stuff. I would just turn around, get my truck and, and, and go. Yeah. It's easier to do that than to say no. Yeah. 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 Sure. So that was, uh, that was the end of my career there and that was I was 36 years old and literally never played again never played rugby did you miss it I missed it um when I went back after two years when because people were still asking me like oh we got boots for you to play the b game and I almost did a few
1: times because mm. I was feeling good then and you know I was still in shape I was uh, there was a few times where I was ready to go and we know from uh podcast number one with doug o'neill yeah. of uh your and his defection let's call it to yeah. Yeah. providence <laughs> correct tell yeah. us a little bit about the, the rationale behind that move. Sure. well we that happened i think i was probably like 28 i played for like uh, 10 years
0: and at the time we were We just came from a severe valley. It's probably uh, 86, 87-ish. We barely fielded a team. We were going, we were traveling with only 14 players playing Amos kick, having to play two games. And at that time, we didn't have, you know, Bob Deering left. There's no coaching. So I was captain several times. And so you were captain, coach. President of the club. Yeah, I, I was like everything for a couple of years. And the only thing that stuck us together was a New England tournament. We were running that like clockwork and we had money. The club always had seven grand, so on, so on, and so far. And uh, so then Jimmy Cranston. Still at Rogers. He played this like the spring, like I did. And he came and played um, a couple games, had a great time. This kid's awesome. Good to get knuckleheads. Where's your friends? Mm-hmm. So he got like Rob Henry and Jamie Downey and uh, uh, Mike Calfain, all that group joined. And this is from, we barely, you know, fielding a team, to 14 players and everyone's leaving. And we, uh, I want, the year before he joined, the season before he joined, our team consisted of like six Navy guys, a couple Coast Guard guys and Newport guys. Guys that you've that I, I'd have to call everyone constantly to get people to come out and play. But when he joined those guys, all of a sudden there was an influx of the youngsters. And so we traveled to, um, we are in Boston. We played, uh, I forget what team like okay, an MIT charles Rugby. Yeah, River. it, was something, it yeah. was something like that. And we just had, we had a, uh, we won the game, but we had Newport guys like Cupcakes and, and, Cranny and those guys won the game for us. You know, they were hard hit and played. But we had some Newport players that are just there for no good reason. And Dougie already went to Providence. Left oh, I Middle thought Berlin. you, yeah. No, yeah, I've I soon followed. So I was just, at the time, I was at the peak of my career. I'm like, going, I just wanted to play good rugby. And we played a shitty game like that. And then a couple members came up to me and he goes, hey, come on. We just played the game. He goes, yeah, we're going to Charles River and play. We want to play real rugby. And I just went, I laid into him. I go, I just gave my heart and soul out there. When I played, I played the win and to give it. And he goes, you mean, and tell me you guys went out there and half-assed it and did all this and that. And I was like, and I got so mad and they went scampering off. And I went up to Jimmy Cranson, all five of those guys, five of those kids. And I did it right there on the field. I go, listen, guys, that's my last game for Newport. He goes, you, you're going to, the, the team's in good position right now. But a lot of youngsters, it's yours. Crannies, yours robs you guys are going to run this for now i'm going to go play for providence for a couple of years i'll be back and that's what it was wow yeah and I, on and the spot almost on the spot and that that next week i was at practice of providence and they had they were gone going on to a national champion march because they were playing yeah. division one yeah yeah that time. division one i was i made it to b-side hooker there and it was like it was unbelievable great rugby even the b-side and stuff and i eventually won the a-side within that season and i had really good time playing with them really high level of rugby played a lot of international teams high level traveled from deep you know our games were about you would travel to philadelphia this new you know new york you traveled a lot at the time and that's what and like practice i mean i'd have to drive to the north side of providence for practice i never missed a practice
1: which is a long way away for yeah, me especially correct, for you correct,
0: correct and then our home game might have to go to providence but uh I liked it, and I played a few seasons there, and was very successful. But I heard the inklings of Newport kept on going. When are you coming back? You said you're coming back, and I go, I, I go, I did what I wanted to accomplish. I won the position. I was playing first side mm-hmm. up there. And I just said, sorry, guys, I'm going back to Newport. And that's when Mike Trainer came back Yeah. at the time as coach. And we took it to a whole nother, le- you know, whole nother level. What did you um, miss while you were in Providence from Newport? I didn't miss a lot, to tell you the mm-hmm. truth, because I, I would come back on Saturdays from the game. I would just go to the drink up for a little while and I'd come back, go to Newport. You know, like, mm-hmm. what's going on, you guys? So I kept on good contact. You know, they would used to play around. Oh, get out of here, you little traitor. And but, you know, they're just kidding me and stuff. But I didn't really miss much because the, uh, the Providence guys took me on mm-hmm. like a brother. You know, I made a lot of good. I still have a
1: lot of good friends that I run into a lot. And Newport Rugby can provide a lot. But when it comes to performance, just given the, the, the population size we're pulling from. Correct. Uh, yeah. That we would never get to that level. Mm-hmm. And so uh, well done on you by identifying that and like, OK, I want to go and test myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah At yeah. the high level. Yeah. And I know that's what Doug was doing as well. Just correct let's step if you, see if you see if you could do it and
0: um, you play with a team like that there's they had three sides there was probably eight hookers 12 mm-hmm. 12- 15 props, you know, fighting, jockeying for positions where they had they had four or five props that could play the mm-hmm. first game, first side, just like, and the guy, John uh, Fane that I took his spot, me and him are very good friends. And we we're good friends. Even when I won mm-hmm. the spot, he was tough as nails, you know, and some guys going, Fane's tougher than you. You just mm-hmm. sit there and he goes, no, no disrespect to you,
1: but Fane's much tougher than <laughs> you. And I'm like, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> Give me a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then fast forward, you've got the Melchers, Chris Gray, Correct, and Mark Manchester and that, doing something similar. Yeah, that was... Yes. Boston. Oh, yeah, when they did Boston. Yes, mm. correct. And uh, But they were our next
0: new influx when those guys came along. What were they before? I, I get mixed up sometimes. I think
1: they were slightly with Cranny, like with all, yeah, yeah, with all of yeah. that group coming yeah, through. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they were another... Which was a watershed moment for the club. Yeah, yeah. And, I still funny story i still remember having those guys at the rich and i at the time i was captain coach everything so we had the gordettes and chris gray mark and melchie all those guys and you know you know mike gordettes can be a little lazy and stuff like this and and they were mal and chris gray had a little mouth on them i remember i'm like how am i gonna handle these guys these they're just disrupting practices and i all of a sudden went okay one of them disrupts something i go all right everyone down doing sprints and we just did fitness fitness. and i go anytime one of these guys talk and then the other his, their fellow players were going shut the fuck yeah fuck and that got them pretty much disciplined and, and they came a long way when we they first were here they were just like little juvenile delinquents and they left as men you know they the dis- discipline within one year of rugby
1: really helped those guys and you know created friendships that we have now it's unbelievable yeah and broadly like discipline especially as an adolescent is hard to come by correct but when you have your peers disciplining you oh yeah yeah or you have people on the field that like, no, you can't do that. Uh, it was, they thought they were tough guys at times, tough guys. And all of a sudden, yeah,
0: wait till you play this guy, this opponent. He's a tough guy too. And they, you your they, they soon and- learned like, hmm, this is a tough, oh yeah, this is a tough game. And so they, uh, those guys learned a lot. It was a big moment for us, Newport getting... Because that was a solid uh, Billy Gonzalez. Yeah, solid. That's what we got. Mark was very nifty. Chris Gray was great player, tackler, and everything. Mike and Chris, awesome Melchie. Yeah, and then you have uh, uh, Speedy
1: Gonzalez. That was unbelievable. Billy! <laughs> gone no one days gone gone yeah and so you've <laughs> talked about the younger guys you've talked about Shiki. any other guys that stood out to you when you're in your early playing days oh early well yeah we had uh early
0: playing days danny ludwig when he came along we had a couple of years we had a pretty good team um neil galvin the attorney he played he was playing scrum halfish but uh danny just came out of college and played like first division soccer he was like a great athlete great kicker and everything and we had dave galvin dave and danny ludwig was playing outside center but we had harry oakley yeah, which was a fullback in high school running back and was um, a farm team baseball he got recruited by professional baseball great athlete and tim champion
1: yeah all these guys Talk about good athletes. Yeah, yeah yeah we
0: had a lot of good athletes uh, I'm, i know i'm missing some brian moore we had some really good athletes back then i remember guys like that but then at other points there was a guy named john graham that came along for a couple of years i think he worked in the military or like or raytheon or something before he's transferred here he was unbelievable he's like six foot four big big guy a little bit of a wise ass could run could kick i mean you never saw anyone punt the and he was a smart smart player he was like you got him like oh what what is this guy he was like a little freak and it was he brought the level up like you wouldn't believe and you know he was only there for a year or two he was very impactful i'm just thinking of off you know guys off the cuff like that but owen yeah owen owen was you you knew that owen
1: was unbelievable and then you have your crannies and you go on and on and and a big common denominator sounds like it's the athlete like if they're athletic Mm-hmm. Like, okay, in rugby being rugby where you can be big, small, fat. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, there's a position for you. Yes, sure. And we're able to like, in. okay, that's where you got to play. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. let them prosper. Yeah. We had uh, Kevin Ennis was a yeah. big impactful player. The guy was like a gazelle. Kevin Danny,
0: and Dan Potts. Dan Potts. Yeah, Dan Potts, freaking, yeah unbelievable. There's just too many of them to think Some about. Some great names there. Yeah, yeah. That's the old, you know, we're talking about the old uh, guys and, you know, the Ryan
1: Kerwins took over after I left, you know, all you guys. And that's when he came in another era to play yeah talk about some of the, the teams you played the, either the fierce rivalry you know you mentioned the Burlington's like any others that jumped um, out at you well Burlington was a that's a
0: big memory um, Old Gold hmm. for a while was a were um, an enemy and there was the uh, the Yahoos that was the yes. West Hartford Yahoos I've never yes. heard of them yes the West Hartford Yahoos they all they joined in with Hartford Wanderers and they were the B-side team but all their guys went and played for Hartford, they're all starters. Wow. Yeah. Hartford was actually dying off. It was a first division team and the Yahoo's went over, played for them. The Yahoo's sound like they'd be a tough team to play. They were. They were, we were always even and we always, every met it was every time we played them, I could think of a dozen times it ended by a <laughs> point or two yeah, and fight, but they were good guys. They were just hard-nosed guys. They
1: were, that was a good team. Amoskeg, I'd go down the line. Portland yeah. we had our good matches with. Well, I guess playing for 20 years you're going to see every team at their high, correct? And their low. Oh, we did, yeah, yeah. We saw all that. Well, you personally, it. just because you you, yeah. you were there for
0: it all, yeah. And our arch enemy was always Providence. We'd always play them at least once a year, not in the league because they were first division, and that was always a bloodbath. That was all stomping, everything was included, just stomp, stomp, stomp. And
1: big brother, little brother that yeah. we were always trying yeah. to knock off the big uh, brother, yeah,
0: basically. And they never ran away with a game, even though they were, they were a good first division team. Mm-hmm. Every time we played played them it was just pretty close game because yeah. we brought everything we could bear on them you know and
1: you talked about island 84 tour yeah any other tours that, that are memorable yeah well remember we were talking down the uh, uh the hall yes. the bermuda
0: one yeah and that game we were talking about that was probably a big highlight in my career winning that game um and that was your first game with us correct correct yeah, and fresh, saw, off a, yeah so. fresh off the boat as yeah fresh off the boat we saw your bikini that time <laughs> right <laughs> quite possibly we, we called it the doink suit hmm <laughs> I may or may not remember that. Uh, and I, as far as I remember, next day you had on a regular bathing suit yeah. after being the goateed scutcher.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Gaudettes and Jamie Cowan pulled me aside and yes, put, yeah, yes. But anyways, that game. What I remember of that, um, we went to the field and I we didn't expect this.
0: We went there and they had basically had a stadium. Mm. And they're all out there warming up and stuff. And they looked the rugby part, and they had a pretty big team. I mean, it was kind of a national team. Yeah, and so we we're just like, going, I could tell by the guys, Um, everyone was nervous. And I'm just like, "Oh, this doesn't look too good." He goes, "This is gonna take a like a big tackle. You're gonna come off the gate with it." And it didn't look good. You could tell guys were nervous. And I'm just like, "Jesus, I don't like the looks of this." And then Owen, Owen saw it too. I was talking to him. And he goes, oh, he goes, "Come on," and he took over. He goes, "I'm gonna take the boys." I'm like, "All right, I'm with you." And we went into that little locker room thing and he just got us all riled up and we're sweating because it was hot in there hot as hell and that changed our demeanor completely and we from there we ran right out in the field and got ready to play and played and played fantastic game but I always think about it you look at the players we had I mean from Billy Gonzalez and the other side was Mike Vinkovich that had awesome speed they didn't they didn't count on that they were just like Holy Christ! They got wings. There, uh, Billy Gonzalez. I don't even know what
1: speed he was. He, no one ever yeah. touched him. That that Billy, and he just popped it up. And on paper, it wasn't a team that you would back in. Yeah, but it just to your point, it came together. And Newport being Newport, yeah, we may have had sixteen or seventeen yeah. players. Yeah, definitely wasn't the the AA. but yeah. everyone. I, played I play. Out I had to play skin. prop.
0: I played yeah. loosehead prop, and I was a flanker hooker guy. And you were playing scrum half. That you came over here as a hooker. Okay, yeah,
1: so. We did what we had to do.
0: Yeah. So for some reason that one really sticks in my mind. And then of course the Newport Wales one was an awesome victory. That was quite a quite the matchup. There's a lot of them, the abandoned ones, in my mind forever. And even a game, that last game, the Burlington game, for some, that one really sticks in my mind. How hard, hard fought it was. That everyone gave it their go, you know, gave it their
1: best. Well, I'm thankful for your memory. You've you've recounted it incredibly well. That's true. What happened? That's exactly what happened. And so memorable, defining moments over that that long, long journey. What what you've talked passionately about the experiences touring. Mm-hmm. You know, you you didn't mention mention like let's say winning anything other than winning a game any any silver silverware that Good question. Well, I was with Providence. We won
0: the New England tournament. Eight in, at, down here yeah. in my home field. Um, that was pretty special. I uh, And I had Newport, of course, was running the tournament. I had all of our teammates, all Newport mm-hmm. guys were cheering for us mm-hmm. to win the game. cheering for me. Um, that, had, that had a really big... That was fun. Afterwards, going, thank you to everyone. And it was, that was very memorable. Yeah. That was a big point. Newport, there's like too many, I think. I just... There's games just like that Newport Wales. That's some, they're the ones that I, think of more than anything this
1: well they're the ones that end up i think being more special because there's playing for championships but you can only do that so often yeah yeah and it's those individual challenges that that become memorable Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it's to do with who you're playing with yeah 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 oh yeah definitely and funny i was thinking about how the different
0: people it was just different errors The say the brian moore tim champion error all that thing and then it completely switched after Ireland 84 I mean the spring of that we we put on we had three teams that's how many people came out because of the Americas Cup yeah so we had a uh, there was a lot of foreigners around and they're all coming out to play and the big drop off and I mean this the Bill Hinchies later came along and just it seems like every 4 to 5 years you had like a new uh, swell of new players mm-hmm. that hung around that
1: changed the dynamics of the team and so if you could play at your best which era would you want to have played with um, honestly, I th- I really like the earlier stuff, but
0: I think my best era was later on with you there. When we had actually just that picture of the Newport Wales, I look at that team when I saw Freddie there, Fred Lorm, mm-hmm. Fred Lorm. That was a, a game changer. I mean, he's a good player. But he was one of those guys that go, Fred, we need a big hit. And he would just put – and, you know, the the momentum of the games would go back and forth. You could count on Fred. He's like, Fred, we put that guy down. And he just, like, hit him so hard and level him. And every time he did that, that player was off the field. And that just changed our dynamic of the game. I think that was probably my best rugby of all my career was that era, you know, when you Excellent. were first here and yeah. Jimmy Cranston and the Gaudettes and uh, Mark Manchester, Chris Gray, all those Billy Guns. I think that was, for me, that was,
1: yeah, we had some too many good victories to remember, mm-hmm. but I think that was my prime. Which my I'd prime. argue that's building on the foundation that that let's say you in the early stages, that's what mm-hmm. you were doing at the time. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. fact that you're able to draw in that, that group led by Jimmy, let's say do their apprenticeship yeah, yeah, in terms of what the expectation is, if you going to yeah. play Newport rugby, rugby, sure. yeah. and then all of a sudden it, it prospers mm-hmm. and grows even beyond anyone's expectations. Yeah, um, and you know you had coaching. You had Mike
0: Trainer. Was, you know he was in and out a couple of times, but he was at that time he made us. He had a big impact on the team with all those guys, and that's what that's where I thought was my best rugby when
1: he was around there. Not taken from old Bob Deering. Bum. Yeah, yeah. it's um, just different eras. Yeah, and, different eras. And the discipline and all. Also, I think what Mike brought, brought to us was his appreciation and support of the yeah. or the running game. Yes, correct. A- and that Newport was never going to be overly structured mm-hmm. in terms of like, here's our strategy. Yeah. Because back to the athletic yeah. part of it, that if you're an athlete, like, just get the ball in mm-hmm. their hands and let them work correct. their magic. Yes, that's all we could do. But because we're, as Americans, behind the ball a little bit
0: compared to you playing yeah. the international. That made up for that in other yeah, ways. Correct. Which, correct. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: even touring, that, we may not have performed well on the scoreboard mm-hmm. but they always gave the compliment sure. of like wow you, you guys hit hard play hard yes. You know, usually it's what that last 15-20 minutes yeah. of the game whether it's been too much Guinness mm-hmm. or, or just not as skilled mm-hmm. that they pulled away yes that's normally what happened
0: yeah it was fun <laughs> and fun. still is yes and now I enjoy really going there and watching things I enjoy it and throwing my two cents and everything and coaching staff from Billy Hinchy you know Afterwards, and uh, Brian Moore. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, pretty something. And uh, there's a lot of people to, you think about with this club um, in those years of, say, Wick, someone like Wick, you know, had some playing years, but he was instrumental as a president, keeping things together. You know, t- this guy like Timmy Burns, Treasurer, all those guys had little parts, whether not on the field, but um, Dougie, when he wasn't playing so much anymore, he was involved. You know, the
1: it's a team effort, yeah, on and team off the effort. field.
0: Yeah, with everything, and that's what it is. Um, that's where I'm at nowadays. I'm just an old boy. Where how do I help
1: money or you know, just we go over to the uh, New England tournament and do all the cooking or whatever, and you know. Well, yeah, I'll challenge you. You can't say just an old boy because I think that's a that's an essential part of the club. No, um, no I've heard Jesse it. talk about it that of all the clubs he's played for, that's been one of the, the strongest. Things And so I see you and you are a foundation of the club mm-hmm. uh, based on when you started, but also how long you played and your continuation. Mm-hmm. A- and even the fact that you went to Providence and you came back and you may not have noticed it at the time, but you've lifted the level of rugby because of the experiences you've brought back. There's uh Yes, there's truth to that. Definitely. There's truth to that.
0: And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people in this club, just like me that are still here and uh, still contributing as old boys and agreed but this is about you so i yeah, want to say know, thank you I, yeah, well, for everything you've done yeah well you're club. well you're welcome and i'm not very good at stuff like that accepting. Yeah, <laughs> well, anything like that just, but just yeah I, it. I just yeah i will yeah. um i did it because of the love of the game mm. love the game and which i never even thought of at the time yeah i think back to where we talked earlier watching that english game with aquitnick did that and watching the camaraderie and guys that mm. were i just was brought up that you're playing a game and they're the enemies mm. and they stay the enemies and this game took it to another level. And so what would your life have been like then without rugby? Good question. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Because that that took filled in a lot of time in my mm-hmm. life. I remember a story, uh, I think it was Mike Trainer's second go at coaching. And he started this uh they were meeting down the hall and um people would go there and give you know ask me to go down and speak to the guys about how rugby means to them. So I went down there and talked a little bit and I go, you know, I looking at some of the guys, I go, you youngsters, you know, you know given the usual spiel, you know, leave everything out in the field type of thing. I go, you know, my wife and daughter used to come to all the games and I'm looking at you guys. I go, I think my daughter know it's more about rugby than half this team right now because you guys are just athletes you don't really know the game but she was up there so many times just and Leslie also so many times just watching and hanging out with year after year that I played you know season after
1: season sticking with me supporting that passion yeah yes yes so that helped a lot I
0: had a very uh, supportive family absolutely so that helped that helped me through everything yeah.
1: and quite honestly a big part of the the podcast is to to tell some of those stories to reinforce to the current players. and the future players, what Newport Rugby is about, what makes it tick, where it started, Mm -hmm. and quite honestly, the expectation that as old boys we have on them yeah. to, to continue because I know we're going through a rough spot at the moment where we haven't played for a year uh, it's, and, and it's yeah. going to be a time where people are going to be out back on the field I've got no question that Newport will be back as strong as others a lot of clubs won't that will be the death knell that's, and that's how we respond and rebound right now agreed I've had a lot of conversations with people and we're a little leery of we know
0: that probably half of the, half the teams aren't going to even come back um, and but as old boys the group i've talked to and there's there's no way newport's failing we'll do anything in our power to keep this club going and afloat whether we have to bring in players retired players get out there <laughs> you know one way or the other newport's going to be there when the season opens again we're going to be there and playing good and being and and be competitive yes no doubt
1: about it well excellent final words Andy. cheers thanks for joining cheers, brother. Out. thank you very much well it done was awesome well played it's right. well played yeah Thanks for listening to the Newport Rugby Quiet Hour podcast. And if you haven't already, please check out other podcasts in the series featuring club legend Doug O'Neill, coach Mike Trainer, and one of the best players to grace our Fort Adams Fields, Jesse McCray. To hear future episodes, please download and subscribe to Newport Rugby Quiet Hour at Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. Until next time, cheers to Newport Rugby.
0: You've been listening to Newport Rugby's Quiet Hour Podcast. For more information on Newport Rugby, visit newportrugby.com.